Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. All right, can I just complain about my hot chocolate for a second here, actually? Sure. So I know, like, I was late to record because I had to, like, sign on to Discord and then run away and say, hey, I need to go make hot chocolate because I forgot. Um, I'm just now drinking it, and we've been doing this for almost an hour because I am a pansy, and I don't like my food or my drinks too hot or too cold. Everything is best closer to room temperature than you probably expect. So despite what some people would say, pizza is not best, like, straight out of the oven, or if they bring it to you in one of those, like, heated bag pack things to keep it, like, piping hot. No, no, no. If you do that, it needs to sit on the counter for ten minutes before you touch it. That's when pizza's best. Also, microwave your ice cream. You want your ice cream... You want your ice cream to be, like, on the verge of melting, and that is when your taste buds pick up the most flavor. My eggnog is almost gone, and Jeff is the reason. (laughs) I will not apologize for art. Anyway, Chris. Is that that your complaint? That's my complaint. (laughs) So this is Christmas. Oh, no. And what have you done? I made Christmas. Absolutely nothing. Get a job, you cheap bum. Hi, I'm Ebenezer Scrooge McDuck, and I'm here with Tiny Tim, the singer. (laughs) But you can call me Chris, and you can call him Jeff, and we're going to talk more about Christmas music. How was that for an intro? I nailed it. That was a great intro. Should I go grab my ukulele and my black wig from when I used to do Tiny Tim performances? To the window! I... Oh wait, sorry. I'm sorry. Like you're tiny, right now. I'm not. See, I'm not going to right now because I'm not going to disturb the other people who are like within. Like, if I'm too loud, I am going to disturb other people, and I don't want to do that. You want to um, do a very tiny Tim Christmas? I mean, I totally could do a very tiny Tim Christmas. Uh, fun story. I have a wig and a ukulele, and I used to do tiny Tim impersonations. Dashing um, the for like snow. a few songs in nursing homes. It was always a good time. They always loved it. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, Tiny Tim did not release a full Christmas album. That's a real shame. He really should have. That was trying to be my segue uh, into the next topic of favorite Christmas albums, because for the record, Tiny Tim actually did release a Christmas album, um, but it is not one of my favorites, unfortunately, oh. despite how much I do love Tiny Tim. Did Wait, I ever tell you that? What was his Christmas album? I think it's literally just called, like, Tiny Tim's Christmas Album. Huh. I don't think I've ever heard it. Um. The entirety of it will be played right here. Santa Claus has got the AIDS this year. Yeah, it's literally just called Tiny Tim's Christmas Album. Okay. What what did he do on it? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
uh, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Oh, great. Oh, good. We can go back to that one. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Oh, like, boy. Uh, anyway. Anyway. What it, a friend we have in Jesus. It's a thing that exists, and it's fun. It is not one of my favorite Christmas albums, although I do love Tiny Tim. And, fun, I don't know if you, do you, do you remember my Tiny Tim t-shirt? So, just fun story, um, on my mom's side of the family for Christmas, we don't buy gifts, we, like, play this little, like, secret Santa game where we have to make gifts, and we always have a theme, so, like, long story short, the one year's theme was just a gift that began with a letter, and you were assigned a letter by picking one out of a hat. My aunt picked me and the letter T, so she made me a Tiny Tim t-shirt, and it was a t-shirt with Tiny Tim holding his ukulele on it, like, printed on the front, and that is the shirt that I wore when I met Henry Winkler, and it is one of the proudest moments of my life. And Anyway, favorite and, Christmas albums. And our, and our friendship blossomed out of you singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips outside of a power that metal is, concert. You're not wrong. One of the, the first time we saw each other outside of work because we barely knew each other was standing in line for a concert. And somehow it came up in, in conversation that I do a Tiny Tim impersonation. And on your awful cell phone, because this was like 2008... There is still a video that exists of me singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I totally forgot about that. If you scroll uh, down enough on this very YouTube channel, it might still not be private. <laughs> oh no! For the record, it's just like a black blob. Like, you can barely see oh, it. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very cell phone quality of that time. It looks like shit. It was, it was not a good camera, le- you know, and it was also 2008. It is yeah. Anyway, for like the seventh time, favorite and least favorite Christmas albums. Chris, would you like to start or do you want me to? Uh I mean honestly I think I can mostly let you let you go because I think I I think I covered a lot of them. I mean, um I really like the okay. Rob Halford ones. I like I like Twisted Christmas. I like We Wish You a Metal Christmas and a Headbanging New Year. Um you know, uh, so, I, I so think surprise, I said some you rude like the heavy things. I think I said some rude things about Nat King Cole, but in the last five minutes, I think I've really grown to appreciate it. So you don't hit me. Um, <laughs> Frank Sinatra is always a good time. I was actually listening earlier uh, after work. I took a little nap and I fell asleep to uh, a a a playlist on Spotify of like relaxing Christmas songs, and I was really digging. Um, um, like Christmas time is here. It's an instrumental version of like the I think it's the Charlie Brown version. Is that right? I mean, it's it's from Charlie Brown. It's a uh, Vince Giraldi trio, like original Giraldi Giraldi. I pronounce that man's name wrong every time. Man, that was that was really good. Uh, that one put me right oh, to sleep. Small. But like in like the best possible way. Like not like a bad. This is putting me to sleep. It did what it said it was do, and that would relax me. Um, I like a lot of the uh, some of the Trans Siberian Orchestra Christmas stuff. They have a little bit of that. I don't think they. I mean, it's not it's not technically traditional Christmas music, but that's we're kind of out of that ballpark now. I mean, you're way out of traditional Christmas music. Yeah. almost very little of what you've listed is is traditional Christmas music. By any well, some of them. Well, some of them are new versions of traditional songs. Okay, true, 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 true. But the. Uh, you know, a lot of people when they hear like Trans Siberian Orchestra, they expect that kind of thing, but it's mostly original music. Okay, very true. 
is where that's where I was coming from with that. It's not a rendition of a traditional song. It's original music. Okay. All right. Well, so speaking of like traditional, non-traditional, we did a lot of talking already about like different renditions of songs and who did certain songs better than others. Well, I mean, as I already said, most Christmas albums, when 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 an artist records a full Christmas album, you are guaranteed most of it's going to be some of the songs that you're already expecting. And there is an album from not too, too long ago. It's one of the more recent, like, modern classics, so to speak. Um, and it is equally one of my favorite and least favorite albums. And it's a long story as to why, so uh, buckle on. And that, that would be Michael Buble's Christmas album. It's kind of like a greatest hits of good classic Christmas songs. It has some of my favorite classic Christmas songs. The problem is that even though I love it and I listen to it constantly, it's kind of boring in the sense that a lot of the arrangements are the exact versions of other classic recordings. Um, the, like, the worst offender, at least I think, is the way Michael Buble sings Jingle Bells. It is literally just the way Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters did it. Even straight down to, it replaces, um, or like, it, it replaces the, the, the piano, this, like, frantic-sounding piano with just, like, a walking bass, but otherwise, like, Bing is doing, like, or not Bing, Michael is doing Bing-like vocal inflections, and the... Andrew sisters are replaced with I believe they're called the Papini sisters and I don't see their name written down I apologize because they're fantastic but they're doing the exact same vocal harmonies the the Andrew sisters did except the ending hook of each line they kind of changed up a little bit uh, but it's like it's the same recording basically it is effectively the same and it's so frustrating to me because there was so much potential so like ultimately like the reason I love Michael Buble because I love Michael Buble is because so often the arrangements done for him are so cool and so new and original. And, I mean, obviously he has a great voice and he's a great performer and he just brings these fun new arrangements to life. Um, but then just another song on his Christmas album that really frustrates me is White Christmas because it uses the arrangement of White Christmas. The one by the Drifters. The one that goes... Everyone does it. it. Leave it alone. The Drifters did that arrangement and they perfected it. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Imagine Dragons, like within the past week, released a version of White Christmas. And I go on YouTube and I look it up. And before I even hit play, I said, I swear to God, these guys have to have something redeeming to them, because otherwise they really don't. They need to be able to do something right. Please tell me they did something interesting to White Christmas. And then I heard, and I just, like, I'm so pissed. Does that end right? Do you want me to keep talking about Michael Buble? Because I can. I I want you to go until, you're, until everything okay. <laughs> you've said is out. But I do want to say... Um, I'm going to let you continue, but I think you really nailed something in there for me. Um, what? And that is the fact that I think that a lot of the reason that I have a hard time picking like a, oh, I especially like this version that's not like a heavy metal version, is that a lot of the times, because I don't listen to mountains of Christmas music like you do. Like you, I, I know that if you hear someone's put out a Christmas album, you got to go check it out, almost regardless of who it is. 
Um, I have, I have, on last count, by the end of last year, I was over 250 Christmas albums. Incredible. Um, (laughs) Slightly disgusting, but incredible. (laughs) But, because of that, when I hear things, I keep hearing the same renditions and the same, like... Arrangements of songs over and yeah. over and over, and it's like aside from the singer, not very different. Um, and it's hard for me to pick a favorite when, like, it really a lot of times comes down to like, well, what singer do I prefer? And half the time it's Frank Sinatra, or the, yeah. or the metal version, you know, because that one's at least kind of different. So I think that is where a lot of my problems with like, okay, let me pick my favorite version of White Christmas is. Because seventy five percent of these versions of White Christmas sound the same. Yeah, I mean, no, that's absolutely, and and I mean, I could say it time and time again. I own a lot of Christmas albums, but frequently, what I do is like I'll put them on a big, like a huge, you know, multi weeks long Christmas playlist, and just kind of let it go. And for the most part, I can hear a song and be like, "Oh yeah, this is the Brad Paisley recording of it." which Brad Paisley put on a Christmas album, and it's totally fine, and it's really fun. And if you're a Brad Paisley fan, I recommend it, absolutely. But is it doing anything, like, earth-shattering? Is it really standing out? And the answer is no. So it really does take... There needs to be something to make it stand out when you're just going to keep doing these same songs. If you're going to record Silent Night... It needs to do something to stand out, or people are going to keep going to whatever version they prefer. You know, people love um, Elvis's Blue Christmas, even though it has the owl choir in the background. Sure, some people think they're annoying, but like, hey, at least they were doing something. It it's at least stands out. It's at least different. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm actually a huge fan of Elvis's Blue Christmas recording that he did on the 68 comeback special. It's like just him and a guitar. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. so good. Um, real quick though, back to back to Mr. Buble. I have one more one I want to call out here. Is his recording of Santa Baby. Which, in all fairness, it is almost identical to the the uh, the Eartha Kit recording. But there's there's something really fun about hearing Michael Bublé uh, singing Santa Buddy, and it's like borderline homoerotic sounding, and it's absolutely hilarious, and I really want to know if he was like in on the joke of how weird it was that he was singing this song or not. You can't tell, like, Mr. Bublé, do you have a crush on Santa? Or, like, are you just using him to get a new car? I, I want to know what's going on here. It's fantastic, just because it's it's kind of absurd without being too ridiculous. It's just a lot of fun. You know, I haven't heard it yet, but you've sold me. It you kinda need sounds to. Like it's it would fun. Be, it kind of sounds like it would be less homoerotic if he just went with Santa Baby. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, it's like it's almost like he was trying so hard to not sound like he's gay for Santa that he just comes off sounding. It's like it's like high school jock compensation. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, I I highly recommend it because it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's like you're listening to it and then it kind of hits you like, oh, that was weird. Oh, why does this exist? Who thought this was a good idea? It's it's fun. Um. So, like, ultimately, uh, like I was sort of about saying at the beginning, 
I love Michael Bublé. I ultimately do love this album, but it's... It's nothing special as far as arrangements go. It's just a great, like, a greatest hits. Okay. Could I have had a... Like, if I got this same track listing, but, like, with all the songs doing, like some original version from decades ago, it'd be just as good. It'd be a great little collection, and I'd probably buy that at Starbucks if they still sold CDs. Um, oh, I remember those but, days. But that's not what it is. What, buying CDs at Starbucks? Yeah. I have so many of those, man. <laughs> I have I have so many CDs I bought at Starbucks. Um, but so other albums specifically, like, on the whole, like an album that I absolutely recommend. Another one, because it is is kind of different is in 2018 Eric Clapton released a Christmas album. It took the man 50 years or whatever to release a Christmas album, but he finally did it. So if you want that like old man on a rocking chair blues feel for a Christmas album, it is incredible. Jeff, you're not in this room yeah. with me. So when you said Eric Clapton released a Christmas album, you didn't see the way my eyes lit up. Yeah, and in 2018. So this isn't like this is like yeah. this isn't like coked out Eric Clapton. This is like old man rocking chair Eric Clapton. Like he's sitting there with his Stratocaster, you know, singing Lonesome Christmas Blues. Like it's it's phenomenal. If you had been in this room, you would have seen the very eyes that you saw in that video where the kid opens up the N sixty four. Okay. Like that's that's the look that was on my face. I felt it. Hold on, give me just a second here. I'm having I'm having a technical difficulty, I think. So, apologies. Apologies to Chris in the future who has to edit out my garbage. It's still going, it's just freezing up. Well, you know why it's freezing? Because, baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) Really? Did you really just go there? I did it! I brought it back to Christmas. I am almost out of eggnog. Um, anyway, sorry. Crisis averted. Everything's fine. I don't know what the deal was. It was just also Eric Clapton, as we discussed earlier, one of my favorite songs is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And I will have you know, in trip in a very typical blues fashion, Eric Clapton uses the we'll have to muddle through somehow lyric. Really? As he should. I mean, it's fitting. It's great. Okay. There is one oddball on this album. Um, and I think it's I think it's totally fine. It's just like, it's just like, what? Where did this come from? And that is his recording of Jingle Bells, is like this EDM electronic weirdness. Huh. Now, in all fairness, he did it because he had a lot of respect for, and I think got to know the DJ Avicii, who had like. You know, a guy who had drug problems, and I believe Avicii even went through Eric Clapton's uh, like cross crossroads, like rehab center. Ultimately, Avicii passed away, um, I believe, of drug complications, if I remember correctly. And Eric Clapton did this recording of Jingle Bells, kind of in that style, as like a, like tribute, a tribute, to him, to which him. is okay. which is like strangely out of character, but I think also just really kind of cool. Well, you um, know what? At least yeah. you like explained it before I heard it because I probably would have thought that was really fucking yeah. weird. If you listen to it and it begins with this like weird electric beat and you're going like Eric Clapton, like you're supposed to be an old man with a guitar, what are you doing? Um, that's why, and it's really bizarre, but it's kind of cool. Why it's did not, we like, go from acoustic guitar to drop the bass? Well, not all of it's acoustic guitar. There's a good bit of electric guitar, but yeah, it's bizarre. 
Right. It's bizarre, but it's it's cool, and I appreciate what it exists for. Yeah. Um, another album that I think, if you want like interesting new Christmas music, real quick. I hate not... I hate oh. to say it, but I I do not know who Avicii is. But whenever you said it, for whatever reason, opera singer came to mind, and um, that's not where he went with that. N- n- no. 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 You don't remember what was his actual? Uh, Tim Bergling was his actual name. He was no. a Swedish DJ. Huh. He did. Now, mind you, he's not the one who sang it, but... So wake me up when it's all over. Oh! When I'm wiser and I'm older. That, oh. yeah, that guy. So again, he wasn't the singer, but he was the credited artist. I never would have known, like, the, the musicians on it, but I'm familiar with the song. He's the DJ who wrote that. Okay. That was, I think, his biggest hit. That's the one I imagine you'll probably know. Okay, anyway, so an, another album that I really recommend. I love this album, and it's definitely not, like, a traditional Christmas album. Um is Sting's If On A Winter's Night, which just made some bizarre choices as Sting... I was going to say, as Sting is did, one to do, yeah. Uh, as, you know, as Sting is weird enough to do. So, like, there is a poem by Robert Louis Stevenson called Christmas at Sea. They turned it into a song. They set music to it. Hmm. They used um, a traditional German poem from the 1500s uh, it's translated to "Lo, how a roar are blooming," uh, which again they turned that into a song. The cherry tree carol, which you might recognize, some people recorded as this, as under the title "When Joseph Was an Old Man." Okay, I don't know. That I don't one. know if you know it. Okay, um, but Sting did a version of that under the name "The Christ, uh, the Cherry Tree Carol." This like three note. Sting hits me as the guy who's going to do a bunch of like obscure stuff. It's bizarre and it's really interesting and it's just like it's very it's a very atmospheric song. It's or album. It's it's just really interesting. I, I highly recommend it if you want not traditional Christmas music. There is no walking in a winter wonderland on here. Oh, is it? Yeah, There's things that's... like a song called The Hounds of Winter. That's what I mean. Like that he seems like the kind of dude who's not gonna give you any like normal like the the, yeah. the typical ones. No, it's not. It's it's bizarre and it's awesome. Okay, and so I apologize to everybody. I can't help who I am. This is who I am as a person. My, like, number one, like, favorite Christmas album of all time. Like, this is the album that if Spotify rapped, didn't stop paying attention at the end of October and it recorded November and December, this album would probably be my most listened to album almost every year. We're doing Desert Island shit here. Um, yeah, this is like my, this, this is my number one Christmas album of all time. Mind you, I think it's from 2008, so like, it's really only top of the past 12 years, but still. And it's, uh, it's called Nayung Pasco by an artist named Siti Navarro, who's from the Philippines. Um, I promise most of the album is in English, though. Only one song, the title track, Nayung Pasco, which I believe translates to This Christmas, is in Tagalog. The rest of it is in English. I was really sure that he was a mathematician. Young Pascal. (laughs) No. Not, not, not the young Pascal. Not, not what I was saying. But I appreciate, uh, I appreciate how off guard you caught me there. 
Um, no, it is Tagalog for this Christmas. It is by a Filipino, Filipino, um, mostly bossa nova and pop singer named C.T. Navarro, who just performs under the name C.T. Um, as a big fan of bossa nova music, despite the fact that I don't speak Portuguese, and since she also periodically and frequently sings in Tagalog, another language I don't speak, I can't help it, I am who I am. It is my favorite album of, of is my favorite Christmas album of all time. Absolutely incredible. I have to check that one out. It's so good, and I honestly guarantee you would listen to it and be like, "Jeff, this is the most boring thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life." Because now, I hate I hate the fact that I'm going to say this about like one of my favorite genres of music. But when most people think of elevator music, what they're picturing is based on bossa nova music. Like, it is a subgenre of jazz that was based on, like, the Brazilian samba and, like, really mellowed out um, that is frequently emulated to make basically, like, on-hold music. Mind you, true Boston music is much more interesting, but when you listen to it at first listen, it's like... So what you're saying is if I call up the Microsoft helpline, I'll hear this album. It, not exactly, but I I think you'd get what I mean. Right. Well, it, at least it sounds like it'll be relaxing and put me to sleep and maybe not a bad way. Yeah, that's that's possible. I mean, that's what you're into. Yeah. It, I mean, mind you, it's an album that I listen to just constantly, but whatever. 